Welcome to the Player 2 Podcast with Sean and Ian, where all we do is games. Welcome to the Player 2 Podcast with Sean and Ian. We have a very special guest on today's show. We have the creator of Warp World, Crowd Control, 1UP Coin, as well as Turnip Exchange, world-renowned security expert, hacker, and Yonoid extraordinaire, Matt Jakubowski, known in the community as Jakku. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you coming on the show here. And uh, I, uh, we were just chatting a little while ago about Yo Noid. Uh, I guess apparently Yo Noid's back. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just more evidence that we live in some sort of simulation. Um, everything's, <laughs> everything's just coming back and being replayed and reused because assets are running out of space or something i don't know it's it's kind of funny right. um i i woke up to the news because a bunch of people tweeted at me and messaged me on discord like the noid is back i'm like wait what and then like crash bandicoot <laughs> dominoes like i don't know what's going on but it's I, i'm excited because it, it potentially could bring more runners to the game or at least more more uh views on the videos Right, yeah, because I, I checked before we uh, jumped on the call here. You still the world record with basically what was a god run um, at the time, and uh, I, I don't think that record is going to go anywhere because you you absolutely killed it on that run, and it was uh, quite a sight to see. But um, yeah, do you do you think anybody under the age of thirty even knows who the Noid is? Probably not. I feel like <laughs> thirty or probably twenty five is probably the cutoff. There's probably some people 25. around. Yeah. You always have those people that know a little bit more about the 90s and stuff. Um, like some right. of them grew up with like vague recollections of the Noid, I'm sure. Like I remember us getting pizza and there was a Noid somewhere. So like some people in the in their early uh, or late 25s might, you know, late 20s would know, I think. But yeah, it's I, the record's yeah, insane. Um, it, the, ga- the game's very RNG heavy. And so like I got very fortunate. Unfortunately, it wasn't a perfect RNG run. There was one one big one big like time save I could have got that I didn't get. And then another uh, like RNG thing that just did not go to plan, but it's all good. Like I, I don't really have any attempts to try to beat that record um, unless somebody does. <laughs> and if, if they do, they probably grinded for the likelihood for of somebody of getting the God run again is crazy. Yeah. So, and it's, it's not that them. right. Yeah. So, good luck to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. I I'd love, I'd love to see it. And like, it's not a game like Mario three, you know, like it's not going to have this giant following. So like, I'm pretty pretty safe. I feel like I, I think you're. I think you're in good shape. I know um, myself and Arisen Dead used to run it, and I don't think I ever broke twenty on my run. But um, it, it's a fun game. It, it really is. So yeah, you know, I, it, I, I wish there were more players because it, it is fun. It is a fun game. It's actually surprisingly well platformer for a game like this. Um, obviously, it's not originally a Yonoid game. It's some Japanese game, and Capcom just reskinned it. But like, it's surprisingly fun. It's yep. got. The, the enemies that were like, they're just so different level to level. And you didn't get that a lot in NES games. You would get like the same enemies being replayed and like they really went above and beyond on that. And so like, it's not a bad game at the end of the day. If you, if you're not speed running it, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's no, it's, it's not fun. a bad game. You know? Yeah. A lot of games yeah. will just recolor a character sprite or something like that and reuse it in different levels. But yeah, the, every level had pretty unique enemies well, especially for like, a branded game like that, something coming out of Domino's, like, right? <laughs> good for you, Domino's, killing it. Yeah, yeah, that, not that's like the cool spot or anything, <laughs> right? I mean, Cool well. Spot was a fun game too, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think like they had a lot of reuse. Um, uh, Chester Cheetah game. I mean, there was. Yeah. What's really funny is we actually, when uh, when I was running the game, 
a few of us at GDQ, we were like, we should submit for like the next GDQ to do like a uh, a mascot food uh, um, block. And so like, <laughs> Yo Noi didn't get accepted. Cool Spot did, and then like I don't think Chester Cheetah got accepted. And it's like she's like, oh, it would have been so. But Pepsi Man got accepted. Like it would have been like we could add the Junk Hour block. It would have been great. <laughs> Pepsi Man is quite the adventure. So. Yeah, Pepsi Man, what a meme in itself. <laughs> um, so like we were saying a little while ago, um, CEO, creator of Warp World, Crowd Control, Turnip Exchange, 1UP Coin, all very popular gaming and Twitch extensions. Um, I think Crowd Crowd Control is probably your your, your big one. It seems to be the, the one that uh, garners the most attention. Um, since you know it works for dozens and dozens of games, um, you know, then you got Warp World and the Multi Queue, which was originally developed for Mario Maker as a like a viewer level queuing system. Um, mm-hmm. but it also works for a bunch of other games as kind of like a generic queuing system for like Smash Brothers or any kind of PvP type games with streamers, which is an excellent service and something that's definitely that's cool. I didn't know definitely that. needed. Um, can you? kind of run us through how you came up with the idea and saw the need for these types of services um, through Twitch and your own experience streaming on there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had a Twitch account for a long time. I think it's 14 years old at this point. It's from the original Justin TV days. But I oh, never... <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 like one of the first 150,000 accounts. That harkens it's back. Kind of, Justin TV. Good times. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um because we look, we look at Twitch IDs all the time with the work that we do. And so like the teams, like one of our team members, Kat, they are always like, you have the lowest number I've ever seen other than like some Twitch staff members. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I like to sign up for things that I think are interesting. But I, I never found my home on Twitch until Mario Maker. Um, and what I meant right. by that is like, I, I never really watched, like I saw the Twitch plays Pokemon craze and that was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm always amazed at how, not long ago it was it was only like six well i mean obviously every year it passes it adds another year but like it was only like seven years ago at this point and like every time i'm like i'm thinking back like oh that was like a decade ago but regardless um mario maker came out and i was super excited for that uh on the wii u and i played it and you know i was okay at it i thought i was fine and you know somebody named pangia panga at the time i didn't really i I think i had heard of them and the kaiser stuff in the before but i never was into that scene um, originally, and uh, a bunch of articles got published about a level that they created called uh, Pea Break, uh, Pit of Panga, and uh, right. my friends in 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 Chicago and just wherever um, that knew me on Twitter and stuff were like you should play this level. You're good at Mario. You could probably beat it. And so I spent you know a few few hours each day, probably four to five hours each day, grinding it. And I think after like three or four days, uh, you know, I. I finally beat it. And I was the first one to beat that level. I wasn't streaming on Twitch because I didn't even think about that at that point. I was just like, no, let me just beat this level. It'll be neat. Like my name will show up on the, on the, on the list. That's, that's all I need. I don't care. Right. Um, And as soon as I beat it, you know, I tweeted a ping. I'm like, hey, nice level. That was fun. And unbeknownst to me, like people like uh, Mitch Flower Power and Graham Pooh Bear were streaming on Twitch and were trying to be the first ones to beat this level uh, because Panga had streamed it on (laughs) Twitch. And so, Everyone was like, you should go join Twitch and like play Mario Maker. So like 
I don't just jump into things usually. And so like I, I looked into the the community a little bit and I started seeing what people are doing on on Mario Maker on Twitch. And I noticed that a lot of people are doing what they were calling viewer levels at the time. And it was this whole system where you'd go into the chat, you'd type your level code, the streamer would stop what they're doing, copy it down, put it in a Google Doc or a notepad, and then they'd continue on the level that they're currently playing. And then they'd go to the little list. You'd be like, hey, is uh, you know, Joe Cool 48 still here? And uh, you know, Joe would either be there or not. And if they were, they'd go and they'd find their name in the they'd find the code next to their name, type it in, and hopefully play the level. But a lot of times it would have been a type of code or it was a level they already played. It was just all this stuff. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And so I'm like, it's too new for there to be a better way. I can make that better way. And so I, that's when I started coding on Twitch was literally just for that. I'm like, I can make a bot that does this. I'll make it open so that anyone can join it. I'm not going to like make it for my own stream. Cause like, I didn't know where I was going with streaming at that point. Sure. And I just decided like, I'm going to create this queue system that anyone can use that it betters their stream. And, you know, I, I built it, released, released it, sent it to a few streamers here and there. You know, I didn't try to, I definitely tried not to uh, do the the thing that everyone tells you not to do and like, you know, uh, promote yourself on streams. Like I, I sent it to people that I had made friends with um, sure. on Twitch at that point. And right. uh, I think that really helped because like I understood that whole like culture. Um, but people started using it and then like, Eventually, it, it grew with features, and it just became synonymous with the Mario Maker community. And so, like, that was my driving force to making it better. Cool. And unfortunately, Nintendo, being Nintendo, decided to, <laughs> um, with Mario Maker 2, remove a big component that uh, was, was a part of Warp World, um, which kind of brought about your multi-queue, where it's more of a manual, generic queuing system. Because um, they, they got rid of the bookmark site for Mario Maker 2, which I think was a big uh, big piece of what your bot did was calling on the bookmark site, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah. At, at, at that time, uh, you know, we relied a lot on the, on the bookmark website for Super Mario Maker 1. Um, and a lot of us, not even just Warp World, but a lot of Q systems were, were banking on having some sort of similar system. We were all surprised that there was not a Nintendo app on the phone for Mario Maker 2 because they were promoting the app for like Smash Brothers and Splatoon 2. And it's like, this is a perfect companion app for Mario Maker 2. So, you know, we, we were a little upset at first, but, um, you know, I, I, you might not know this, but we, we worked around the issue. And like Mario Maker 2 support is in uh, multi-queue and uh, it does validate the oh, codes. Okay. Oh, nice. Now, does it like, did it ever feel like Nintendo might have done it intentionally? No, I, I, I think at the time Nintendo was with bookmark site, they were just kind of looking at like interesting ways to get people to play um, this game on a dying system. Sure. And, and the switch was just very successful that they're like, it's not needed. We can put a lot of the tools that they would need inside the game this time around. And so they didn't think that it was required, I think is what it came down to. Sure. That makes sense. And then um, your your other services like Crowd Control, um, how, how did that come about? Was that just an idea that you had and it just kind of grew, or did it, um, did it stem from you know you saw a need somewhere and ran yeah. with it? So yeah, all of our services kind of come from that idea of hey, why doesn't this exist, or this exists but it's not as well done as we want it to be, or it just doesn't work for this use case, and so you know it. If if I if we build something, it's because one of us at Warp World decided I would use this if this existed. And so, crowd control actually it came from 
a service called BitRaces at the time, technically. So uh, Cat Dev Games, who's uh, one of the developers on Crowd Control, they originally developed this thing called BitRaces, which was just a way for people to trigger effects in Link to the Past in chat using bits. Um, and so it was it was a really cool system. It was all chat based. And it was one it wasn't the first of its kind, but it was one of the first of its kind that had like a full banking system that allowed viewers to affect a game. And like there was a, you know, you type like exclamation point effects and it's give you a Google Doc and you'd go and be like, all right, so if I do exclamation point freeze or ice, I guess would make more sense. Ice physics, um, you could trigger ice physics when you cheer 10. 10 coins or something with it or 10 bits with it. And so like that was kind of that's where crowd control kind of came from was that service. A lot of the uh, banking system that exists exists in that exists in it today. Um, the concept of like influence games with bits was definitely around at that time. And like we had dabbled with it with a Mario Party game and uh, and Borderlands 2. But when we saw Cat's uh, version of it, we decided like instead of like working against them and trying to build something differently, we thought this is a person that we want to work with and so we actually reached out with them uh to them in like june of 2017 uh worked on a proposal for them to get ownerships and the rights of the software and and bring them on as an employee of warp world and and since then we've been amazing team um you know we we, we took it from chat base to an extension so bit races was kind of shut down from like june to September and then October first, I believe, is when we launched Crowd Control with extension-based uh, interface, and it was it completely changed the game. Um, we actually just did our our tech talk on Crowd Control, so we, we do a biweekly tech talk now um, oh, cool. on our on our on our Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv slash Warworld Staff. Um, currently, we're probably going to change the name, but uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, the uh, we we went over the entire history of of all of our products at this point. Now we've, we have five episodes up. And so each of our services um, we've gone over them and kind of give people the details and the rundown of them um, much more detailed than we can get into on a podcast. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's just been an experience working with somebody that's also very passionate about this. And again, their system just worked. And instead of trying to, you know, we wanted to make something better with them as opposed to against something them. and, against them exactly which is cool that's a really good way to approach it kind of bringing two creative minds together and creating one joint force that i think it sounds like you guys created a better product than you could divide it yeah and they they recognized that immediately with the uh, with the services that we had already offered at that time you know warp world had created the multi uh the multi queue and the what up coin um right. and so they were able to see the the connections to the communities we made the the solutions we've made and they felt that it was a, a good step for them because they could trust us. Because um, that's that's the other thing you never know with deals like that. And so, like, we also didn't know with them. You know, we took a risk with them. Um, right. We had known about them, but we never really interacted with them before. And now, you know, they're they're one of the top employees. They they actually moved to uh, the Chicago area, so it's it's pretty awesome. Cool, cool. From from business to partners to friendships. Yeah, Fun exactly. Stuff. So now uh, you mentioned One Up Coin, which is another. Another service that you offer streamers, which um, it allows people to instead of donating just dollars or bits, they can actually donate cryptocurrency um, to streamers. Is it what does that expanded to? I know at one point it was you know Bitcoin and that kind of stuff. Uh, are you accepting most crypto now? Dogecoin. Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Doge. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the number one reason, so 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 one up coin has gone through a few different versions before we actually released. Um, because cryptocurrency is hard. Um, there there's no 
no, it's not. It's it's hard uh, for the average user to get involved. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of understanding of how it's supposed to work and how you need to protect yourselves. Right. And so, me having a background in cryptocurrency a little bit, like I've I've been in the space since kind of the beginning, um, in various forms here and there. But uh, which also confuses me to why I didn't think of the idea of one coin much sooner. But regardless, <laughs> um, you know, we we have initially our our first version of one upcoin allowed the user to set their own like addresses and or send some sort of uh, public key for their wallet so that we could generate addresses and and do all this stuff and our testing that we used with streamers was just it, it didn't work out they were very confused at each step even no matter how detailed we made it um too many details made them not want to read uh right. too little details confused them um eventually they would delete their wallet um Ooh. and lose any of the donations that they might have had and we're like, we need to solve this problem because if we have a service that allows people to accept Bitcoin and they format their computer on a whim because, you know, OBS is acting up and they forgot to back up their wallet, they're going to come to us. They're going to be angry at us. And even if it's not our fault, that those tweets are going to be directed at us and are going to look bad for us. Right. And so right. we decided to look at other offerings and Coinbase is the platform that we chose because they had all the APIs needed for us to interface with. Um, their support for the cryptocurrency uh, people out there, like their support's not the greatest. I know that, uh, but there is support there. Uh, like you can potentially eventually get to a human, uh, <laughs> but they have automated systems. You can recover your account. If you forgot your password, you can have two factor. There's a lot of things. Um, the whole, not your keys, not your coins thing, completely understand. But from a from an advocate standpoint, we need to also understand that not all users are going to understand this and are going to make mistakes and they need an easy on-ramp so coinbase is an easy on-ramp and with that um, when coinbase adds new coins we're able to accept those coins as well with minimal work um, sure. when we when we built one up coin there was only uh bitcoin litecoin and uh maybe ethereum i don't even know if ethereum was on there at the time um there was only two or three coins on coinbase when we first launched and so like a lot of that was hard-coded um, to be like, all right, or add some coins. So when they added more coins, it's like, okay, we're hard coded those because when are they going to add more coins? Now they're up to like 50 coins and they're no longer hard coded. <laughs> it's a database. It's so much easier to just be like, approve. Like we like to do validation of testing because some coins don't work um, with the way they generate addresses. Sure. But that's for us to understand and not for the user to have to worry about. So yeah, it came about just because I was like, why is this not a thing? Uh, people are putting QR codes for donations and on their panels. But the, the biggest issue is that donators don't get to see their message when you do that. Oh, sure. So this solves that because like as much as donators want to be like, oh, I'm so cool and nice. I donated money. They they want something from it as well. Oh, they want and the shout out. They want the, they the want prestige. The and yeah, yeah, yeah. So this gives that to them. Um, and we've definitely seen a, a huge uptick in donations because of that. You know, street members have received over five or six million dollars in Bitcoin Holy. at this point using one up coin. That's cool. Um, that's a lot of that's a lot of movement. Yeah, that's technically that's that is technically at today's price of like fifty five thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Um, we don't know what the streamers done with the Bitcoins when it was you know four thousand dollars a coin. Right. Um, it could still be on the Coinbase. It might not be. They might have sold. Um, we're very hands off when it comes to the Coinbase thing. The API access that we asked for is very minimal, so that we don't we can't we can't take coins out of your wallet. Right. We don't want to have that on us. Um, so we're very we're very you know, careful about the security around that sort of stuff. Yeah. Privacy um, and integrity is a, is a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the question about Doge, 
you know, if Coinbase accepts Doge, then you know, I could <laughs> I could check that box to accept it. Um, <laughs> I could also not. Right. Um, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things. For um, the I, I, but Doge yeah, going to go to the moon, right? To it's, the moon. Yeah, I mean, the memes are real. the The movement <laughs> is insane. It's it's. I have not. Everything is done. I was like, how? I don't believe this. And <laughs> it's like, unprecedented. I'm what's happening? Yes, it is. And so, like, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a big Doge person, but I'm also. I understand. Like, I'm not going to be on top of everything. And so, like, anyone that's involved in Doge, like, congratulations yeah. and good luck. Go for um, it. Go you know, for I, it. I, I don't want to see anyone lose money. So, yeah. like, do do what you want. <laughs> and good luck. So, so the other. The other form of currency that you have been dabbling in would be um, Animal Crossing Bells with the tournament. Oh my change. god! <laughs> my life. This, this my is, life is all cues and currency. This is the one that always gets me because I, I was playing Animal Crossing at the time, and mm-hmm. I, I knew very little about turnips. It was my first Animal Crossing game, uh, and I, I read an article on my Google feed, and it's talking about this turnip exchange. So this guy created this turnip exchange, and people were able to cross island to island to get to these other people, and there was queues lined up with, with people-made fences and all this fun <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, this is really cool. And then uh, a week or so ago, Sean hits me up, and he's like, hey, we got an interview with this guy named uh, Jaku. And I'm like, cool. Uh, you know, what... Uh, What's he been involved in? And he's like crowd control and and all these other things and and the turnip exchange. And I'm like, I'm gonna meet the guy that that came in overnight sensation essentially with this turnip exchange. Cool, <laughs> I'm on board. I want to talk about that. Yeah, it's an interesting system that you made. It's basically, you know, when Daisy May shows up on an island and she's buying bells or whatever for or no, when the <laughs> when the Nook store is buying bells for five six hundred. You know, uh, or buying turnips for five or six hundred bells a pop. People it's a stock exchange. People just jump up there and yeah. be like, "Hey, come on to my island, throw me a few tips." You know, <laughs> and people can just cash in and basically just obliterate any kind of uh, time gate that Animal Crossing creates for you. And um, it, it was crazy because it was all over the place. It was on gaming websites. It was all over Twitter. It was all over Reddit. It was overnight. And uh, yeah. you know, there was an obvious like I would say it was a need, but it was definitely a hell of a convenience that was uh that was created with the turnip exchange um can, can you give us a little insight as to what the development and like the, the the idea behind it was is like did you just want to go fast in your game and you were like hey I'll, I'll let other people go fast too or how did that come about? yeah <laughs> so so i i mean i i i picked up the game because I'm, I'm a fan of animal crossing games i've and been playing them since the gamecube yeah like it, Everyone pretty much is, you know, and so I, I definitely go really fast in the game. Like I, I burn out in it. I'm not the I'm not the type of person to play the game like an hour a day for for two years. I'm the type of person to play it like for four to eight hours a day for a month or two and be like, <laughs> all right, I'm done. Um, and maybe check in every now and then. But uh, it was actually the first Monday after the game came out. Uh, I was on Twitter and I'm like, I need to sell my bells because like I don't want to hold on to the or my turnips. I don't want to I don't want to hold on to these. And a friend was like, hey, uh, check out this Twitter tweet from this person that has like, they're, they're buying for like 600 bells. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I started typing the Dota code in and like, it's constant interference, constant interference. Yep. 45 minutes of me like wasting my time 
going through this to finally get on the island, sell and, and, and leave. But like, I'm like, this is such a hassle. <laughs> and like, I had done uh, Animal Crossing before in the past, like Wild World, uh, uh, actually Wild World, that was the, that was the Wii version, I think. Um, uh, I think I played that. Like, was it DS? No, DS was New Wild Leaf. World was DS. I think Wild World might have been no, GameCube, wasn't it? Three, Animal Crossing was just Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Yeah. And okay. Wild World might have been DS. New Leaf was 3DS. Whatever the one on the Wii yeah. was. Yeah. Whatever the one on the Wii was, I maybe played for about an hour. And it, I just didn't like it. So that one I left. Um, but regardless, um, so the last time I actually had played um, was the 3DS version. And so like I remember actually going to uh, subreddit for turnips and going through their old system. So so before I actually like looked at anything, I, I remembered I had used like a, a subreddit for turnips on the 3DS version. And I looked and they were still up and they were still doing the same exact thing they were doing even on the DS days um, of of having the host post their codes as a, as a post on the subreddit. And then people would comment in based on the criteria. They'd be like, Hey, post this word. So I know you read it. And that was their bot detection. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, you would then, the host would then DM each person one by one as it was their time to go. And some of these comments got like 400 posts. Oh, so like, geez, you're, you're, you were putting all this work on the, on the, on the host of the Island of, of the creator of the post. And I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. And, there was no other way at that time. There was no other turn up website um, because why the 3DS version was a many number years ago. Web development has definitely sped up for an individual. So many more people are a full stack developer where they can do front end, back end, and all the UI and all that stuff. Like they can do everything. Um, and so, like you know, this idea was not necessarily something new, but it was something that was now feasible with a small team because all the technologies were there. And so. I, I, I remember telling my my team that um, that Tuesday, I'm like, hey, I had this experience with Animal Crossing. It was horrible. I'm going to create a turnip website. I think I'm going to come call it turnip exchange because um, there's a dot exchange TLD and that just sounds fun. Uh, it's probably <laughs> going to make us no money and I'm going to take Ross to help me with the UI. And they're like, all right, sounds fun. You're probably right. It probably won't make us any money. <laughs> um, Go for it. And so... That week we worked on it and we released like we, we soft launched Monday. Like so from from the first Monday to the next Monday, it was out. Jeez. Um and it was a soft launch, meaning we didn't really we didn't post it anywhere on Twitter. We just I told a few people, I'm like, hey, if you have Animal Crossing, check this out, see if it works. And overnight it just blew up. And I remember the very first day, uh, where like somebody posted like a six hundred dollar uh uh belt uh turnip price. I I could have went into the database and got the code, but I'm like, no, that's that's going to ruin the integrity of the site. <laughs> I, I went into the queue. I joined it. I sent it to Grand Pooh Bear as well because he was also like, I want turnips. I want I want bells <laughs> as fast as possible. We both waited in the queue, did it, and it was the smoothest thing I've ever experienced with that game in terms of a transaction. Um, nice. And as, as you as you know, like it, it just blew up everywhere. Um, we had over 4 million users in the first month oh. using the site. They, like It was insane. I've never built something so like successful so fast like that. Um, we average around half a million users now over a year later. That's, that's nuts. not bad. That's still pretty good retention for a game that's a year old too. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, it, it seemed to be just that perfect storm too, because with the pandemic just hitting and Animal Crossing come out, everybody was playing this game. And right. Yeah. And everybody know, wanted to do it fast. Everybody wanted to do it fast. They didn't want to wait <laughs> yeah. and just sit there and, you know, sell fruit for three months to, to pay off Tom Nook. So, yeah. And some people didn't want to time travel. 
right. um, you know, because that's always available to you. But that's even slow on its on its own. It's not even guaranteed. It's a pain. It is a pain. It is. So yeah, it was it was definitely a perfect storm with with the pandemic, with the game just coming out, with us being able to build this so quickly, um, and like literally that same week or within the month, there was multiple other services very similar to ours. Um, we had I I, I want to say we, we had the we were the first one out, so we had a lot of first mover advantage. We had a lot of the features um, that they tried to catch up to. Um, there was definitely a few ideas that they incorporated that we had discussed that we decided against. You know, we, we added Patreon perks to our website, um, and that allowed us to be able to run this service because it was costing us more than it was making us a lot more. Sure. Oh, I'm than sure. It was, uh, it was like, it was such a success, but we're like, I can't be running this if it's going to cost us all the money we got. Like, it's as cool as it is that it's successful. Like, right, to host almost, all that. Yeah, we almost would have went bankrupt or we would have to shut it down. We would definitely shut it down. We would have gone bankrupt for it, but <laughs> right. it, it worked out. It worked out. It ended up paying a lot more bills than we thought. But um, one of the big things that people always ask is like, oh, okay, you got, we got perks for the, the host and we got a few perks for the, the visitors of islands, but why is there not like a fast pass perk? Um, and I like to bring attention to this one because it, it kind of gives you an insight into our mentality and our philosophy at Warp World. Um, if we were to create a fast pass perk for a Patreon viewer or a visitor of an island, there's no revenue going to the Patreon uh, or the creator of that island. They're doing all the work, but they're getting none of the rewards. Right. Like, yeah, maybe they're tipped, but they're not going to, like, that's not a guarantee. So we didn't want to take money from a, from somebody and make somebody else do all the work for it. Right. Um, and so, so there are other services out there that do have a fast pass system. And it, it seems wrong to us in that regard. Yes, we could have probably implemented and probably got a lot of Patreon members. But at the end of the day, we didn't want to do that because it felt wrong. It's kind of like a, a, for lack of a better term, like a pay to win almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, and and the that's the other thing is like we unfortunately can't allow, um, you know, uh, hosts to post their PayPal, their their um, their Twitch for subs. Any sort of that stuff gets really close to the real money trade stuff, right. which is completely against the rules of Animal Crossing. Even the even the even the Patreon perk to to skip ahead could fall under that because we'd get be getting paid. Right. Um. So we wanted to avoid that sort of stuff, and you know, it's it's been in our best interest too because you know at the end of the day we don't like to break any of the rules that Nintendo sets forth on their stuff like that, and uh, that's one of the big ones that they do go after people for. Did Nintendo actually take notice and reach out to you at all, or was it or were they pretty? pretty hands off they didn't uh didn't really care what you were doing as long as you weren't making money off their ip we we've had a few interactions with nintendo over the years uh <laughs> mostly good no they're, they, they've all been great um we have a lot of friends at nintendo and uh we've we we got a new a few new friends from nintendo when uh when the site launched that reached out letting us know like hey great job so cool um that's very nice when you when you so, get the steal yeah. seal of approval from some people at nintendo <laughs> And, I mean, yeah, that's, I don't know if it's, company I, I don't know if it's the official seal, but uh, it's, close it's, enough. it's pretty it's good. better it's than a it, it, things down. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, it seems like a lot of your ideas really stem from uh, kind of filling a niche somewhere that that hasn't been filled, that needs to be filled in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. So when it comes to things like crowd control, obviously you're you're always developing new support. Uh, Anything that you have in the pipeline? Anything you want to talk about? Oh, we just released the biggest 
crowd control client update since our release of the client, like the new client in 2019. Um, it's It's been a long road um, <laughs> to get a lot of these features and stuff in here. But one of the things that we always try for is making things as simple as possible. Sure. Um, we have what we call the Grand Pooh Bear test. Um, Grand Pooh Bear, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a founder of Warworld. He, he will back me up on this. He, he says it with a smile. If we send him something and he can't set it up, we need to go back and fix it. <laughs> sure. Um, Cause he's your he's general public. I get it. Yeah. He's, he's our general public. He, he's our Guinea pig. Um, and it's, it's been a great relationship having him, uh, with that because it's helped us succeed. There are definitely things that he has a little bit of a better understanding of than a, the, a casual user that might, uh, go into it blind. And so that we still have blind spots that we are trying to always, uh, you know, adjust and fix. So this new client, it looks very similar to the old one because it's, it's mainly the same, but, um, the backend's been rewritten um, and a lot of functionality has been added that has now like one-click setups for a few games. Um, Minecraft, okay. for instance, required you to download a mod file and Forge, Forge mod as yep. well. Um, and you needed a specific version of Forge mod. And you need to put our mod file in the right location. Now there's a big yellow button. It's like one-click setup. You click it. It starts scrolling through a list of things that it's doing, and you're done. You just click start now and crowd control Minecraft is set up. That's super nice. Um, Even coming from somebody who knows to make a mod folder and do all that stuff, that makes life so much easier. Quality of life is is the best thing in the world. It is. And it's, it's been something that we've been pushing towards to getting some sort of system in place for that for a while. Um, and so now it's really easy for us to adapt that. Um, users are able to send us their log files on on those types of one-click setups if something fails. Okay. Um, and so like we're able to help not only troubleshoot uh, them at that point, but also fix the script so that others don't have the same issue. Sure. Um, so that's been a big one. And then one of the other big features that we just released, um, we're calling it the event list. And if you're playing crowd control, um, you you should know that like if an effect does not happen, the user gets refunded um, after about five minutes of trying okay. and absolutely by the end of a session being closed. So if you try to kill Link in uh, Ocarina of Time and it doesn't happen for five minutes, you got your money back. You don't have to worry about that. Nice. Um, there, there are cases, though, where the game thinks that they killed Link. Um, it's very rare. And honestly, typically never in the Zelda games. Those games are pretty solid. Um, but some games have bugs here and there. Um, and so in our event list, you get to see all of the effects that have happened to you on your stream during that session. And it has two options that you can do to those effects now. Uh, you can refund the user and you can retry the effect. Okay. So now you can write, like, if you see, hey, this says kill player happened, but I didn't die you can click it on behalf of the viewer to retry it. And if it triggers, great, move on. But if it didn't work then, just click the refund button. And now the user's been refunded the coin difference um, and moves right on. So those have been some big changes that we've been making for crowd control. So now, I mean, crowd control supports a couple dozen games at this point. Um, You know, Mario 64, Link to the Past, Breath of the Wild, uh, Mega Man games, Dark Souls is a pretty popular one that I see a lot. Uh, you said Minecraft, Mario RPG. Um, any of those have a little special place in your heart that you just particularly like just because it's just the fun, funnest thing to do, to do for you? Yeah. Mario 64 is my favorite crowd control game, I think, right now because every single effect is self-describing. Um as a user, you don't have to click on the effect to know what it does and read the description. 
you just know it's like squash you're like okay it's gonna squash mario that makes sense you know catch on fire all right mario's gonna catch on fire <laughs> not all effects for all games make sense unless you know the game so well um like i don't play dark souls and so there's a few effects in there that i'm like i don't know what what these are um like i don't know what souls are so like give and take them away i didn't know what that meant oh, you know sure. but with mario 64 like even if you've never played mario 64 you know what they are because Nintendo just did such a great job with that game, I think, in general, that everything that happened Mario just made sense because it could actually kind of happen. I mean, maybe you can't get squished in real life without dying, but regardless. <laughs> you know what it um, is. You know what getting squished you means. Know, you know, exactly. You know what it means. And so that just worked very well. And the the amount of fun I've seen created with Mario 64 and Crowd Control has been so much. It's It's been crazy. It's one of, the, one of the games that I will try to catch almost any streamer doing it. And like, I like to, ch I like to see who's running Crowd Control sessions um, and I will pop into their chat occasionally and watch. And so like, there's always a chance that I'm lurking. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I've got a very bad history with Mario 64, but um, <laughs> you know, so you, you probably won't catch me playing Mario 64, but definitely like Link to the Past and that kind of stuff. Yep. I'm definitely, definitely down for. Um, are there any games that you are excited to, you know, look into adding to the platform in the future? Not necessarily that maybe you're working on, but just something that, you know, Hey, this would be great to have on the platform at some point. Yeah, I one of the games that I really want to see us bring is a survival horror game. Uh, you know, Resident Evil comes to mind. Um, oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know if like the original like PlayStation uh, versions or like the remakes would be the best route. I kind of think both would be good because um, like I'm sure you can get into all sorts of trouble with. Resident Evil on PlayStation One, removing ammo and, and oh, taking yeah. items. Like I can just imagine returning items from their inventory back to the storage box, oh. <laughs> like oh, no. just making them backtrack or or removing a save from their typewriter. Oh no, deleted ink yeah. ribbon. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. deleted ink oh. ribbon. Yeah, like I I think that would just be even more survival horror. Um, and like it would probably make the model will be to make Resident Evil scary again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, cause you're not worried about the zombies anymore. Now you're worried about chat. You were, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a game in that regard. Is there a game that you guys have tried to develop for the platform that you haven't been able to, or like a personal challenge that you haven't been able to overcome yet with implementing a game? Yeah, we, we, so we actually, for Mega Man week, like, cause we released like Mega Man 2, 3, 4, X, and 8, all in a week one after another because okay. like it was it was kind of crazy <laughs> um we actually had Mega Man battle network three um as well and the i don't i i unfortunately don't remember who developed it it wasn't developed by us um but it was a lot of effects and it was a lot of overwhelming stuff at the time and it was just like that game had so many things so, so the person put a lot of work into it but unfortunately because there were just so many effects and so many items it's very hard to get um, get right. And so it's something that's kind of on the back burner to go back to. Um, it's not a super popular game from my understanding. Like it's not a bad game either, but it's right. just like, it's one of those games where like, I don't know. And then um, similarly, Majora's Mask. Okay. Um, we've had, this, this, this is like, I think this is the first time I'm talking about this. So you guys got an exclusive. <laughs> um, you hear it at first. Another team of developers has been have been working on on Majora's Mask for over two years, I think, at this point. Um, and 
it's it's a, in a similar vein as uh, Battle Network, where like they put a lot of effort into it, and we don't want to take that effort away from them because uh, it's been great. But there's just so many effects that can overwhelm a user, and so we we do plan to get it out this year, um, hopefully by October, because that's I think around the the release date of Ocarina of Time when we did it. Um, so we like to like if you look at our patterns of release games, you can kind of see some things here and there. Sometimes sure. it's random, but mostly <laughs> there is a pattern. Um, so we do hope to bring it out because there's a lot of effects that are new and different from Ocarina of Time. And then there's some that are missing that we want to bring over. And so it's just finding that right balance. Um, you know, why we want to have some chaos, too much chaos, too many effects does cause, um, you know, users to not send things. It's very similar to going to like a, a diner that has a menu that has every single food item. At the end of the day, you're like, I'm just going to get a hamburger. Right. Because you're overwhelmed with choices. And so we want to avoid that with our effect packs. That makes a lot of sense. I want to kind of move on to something that was a very hot topic last year. Um, and, you, you know, you and I had discussed it. Actually, it stemmed from back in 2019 was um, the announcement from Google that they were launching essentially an identical service to crowd control. And they called it, I believe it was crowd play. Um, and I remember Twitter blowing up because I follow a lot of people that are in the same community that use warp world and crowd control and stuff like that. So my Twitter feed was blowing up with people just pissed with Google for essentially ripping off your product at the time, which was still, you know, a pretty young product, I think. And, um, you know, what, what was your response when you saw this outpouring of support from the community for crowd control and people just going after Google about their decision to rip you off essentially. Yeah. So, so they actually had two services. One's called crowd play and the other one's called crowd choice and crowd play could actually be argued as a multi-queue, um, uh, rip off. Um, it's a queue system for us where we didn't invent queue systems. We don't want to claim what we did, but crowd play was a way to bring viewers and stuff into your game. So um, crowd choice is is crowd control. Okay. Um, and so the CC in both of them, that like that was like the actual like added, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> um, we had initially heard of crowd choice at GDC in 2019, I want to say. Um, we were we were there and we saw it and like we we tried to get some meetings with people. And we're like, hey, that's an interesting name. Like <laughs> you ever hear crowd control? And, you know, there are people on the floor, no idea if they who they were really and like i i don't know what you're talking about you know sort of thing not dismissive just they don't you know i don't know i don't know the full story there but couldn't get anyone to talk to us at uh gdc which is it's google i didn't expect it but um we had heard of it and we're like okay that sounds very much like us so at least we know we're going on the right path if google's trying to do a Copycat, feature that we right yeah if, if if they're trying to put some money into it then it's probably a good enough idea and the fact that we've been here for over a year now is great um and then, like, there was silence on it for, for six-plus months. Um, or, no, over a year, because it was last year. Yep. Yeah, so, like, over a year and a half or so, there was silence. And then all of a sudden, like, they mentioned crowd choice, and here it is. Like, crowd choice, let's let viewers influence your game in various ways. And we're like, this is just kind of wrong. Um, I don't, and we, we're not, we're not, we weren't mad about the the concept. We think... We're not the first to do this. We're not the last. It's it's a great concept. It's where the space is moving. Games are getting more interactivity, and that's great for replayability. Um, 
it just yeah the the name just felt so unoriginal and like like they were ripping us off it's very yeah it's very carbon copy yeah we we got a lot of responses from stadia owners um so like four um burn um so we 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 did get we did got we got some feedback not feedback but we got some responses from stadia owners that were like oh you guys are just mad that it's you know that your thing doesn't work or that it's not great and we're like you didn't even look at our stuff it's, it's really kind of different but regardless um they're, they're like if, if 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 your idea is so good why don't you sue google and i don't know if anyone's ever actually told somebody to google, sue google with like an honest like you could do it right um unless you're like apple um you know like there's no way we could have 40 patents on it um that have been granted for 40 years i don't know if that would make them expired but regardless um (laughs) like google would somehow just delay 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 costing us way too much in fees and and things and at the end of the day it's not the battle we want to spend our time on um you're not against them doing that you would love for them to have that capability you know, they've got platforms they've got to do different things with too, but it's that name. It's like they're trying to create market confusion. Yeah, it, that, and that's what it felt like. Um, and like that's even harder to argue in court, um, especially for a small company like us, because there's there's a small chance that Google never heard of us. Right. You know, um, it's there's a small chance, but at the end of the day, it's something we can't argue. Um, and we can only look to our community to help us. And I haven't heard anything about crowd choice um, since then, really. Like, it's kind of gone back under the rug. Um, Stadia in general, like, I got an email the other day about some Stadia, some some indie games coming to the platform. And, like, it seems like it's limping along. But I'm not too worried. It's a I honestly product. didn't know Stadia it's... was still even a thing. It just seemed exactly. like it's <laughs> one of those failed, those failed projects that, you know, like Google Glasses and, you know, it's that kind of thing. A... I Throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks these days when you got that much money. I, I own Google Glass. I loved <laughs> Google Glass. <laughs> do you still use uh, it? I actually, I do. I can actually, I've got both the old original uh, Explorer edition, which was like, I don't know, 2014 at that point. And then I got the <laughs> Enterprise edition too, which is like 2020, 2019. Oh wow! I didn't know they were still making it, and that's where the enterprise. I thought they put the axe on that. They did for consumers, but for the enterprise, um, it's still very much a thing, and it's like for um, factories and manufacturing. But you can still do a lot of the same things. Um, Unfortunately, it's still not powerful enough to like really stream from because it'd be a perfect stream set. Oh sure, Um, especially for the IRL streamers and that kind of thing. Yeah, but unfortunately, the, the 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 rate just it's just frame rates around 20 frames and it's just a little too low mm. um but yeah the, i google i don't know they're they're doing what they do so so talking about irl real quick um and correct me if i'm wrong and we can completely edit this out um did you develop some kind of crowd control for your car at some point i seem to remember you doing something along those lines um was that just a fun little pet project for you or was that am i just dreaming weird things no we we did we we built crowd control tesla support um (laughs) i i have a tesla model s okay and i would drive to gdq and the it's there's actually like two variations of this um we 
the first time we were driving up to SGDQ, I believe it was myself, Cliffy, uh, Rose Matos. Um, I think it was, and then I think uh, Cliffy's cousin or brother or something. Um, and so we uh, we were at a diner, or not a diner, we were at some restaurant. And I'm like, wait a second, I know the Tesla APIs. I know the Twitch APIs. So while we were eating lunch, I built a quick version of um, <laughs> a chat based crowd control where you can type a cheer amount and a command and it would trigger things so they could honk and they could do adjust the heat up and down and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I'm like, so we did that and it, it was, it was fun. It made a few, a few hundred dollars. Um, and then like, cause honking the horn costs like a dollar. So when we were through drive throughs people loved it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, eventually we did build an effect pack for it for crowd control too. Um, because uh, Duango AC, who is the Tazbot holder, um, if you're not sure, familiar with Tazbot, it's the it's a task, uh, it's a robot that runs tasks uh, for speedrunning games. Essentially, they were doing a um, a drive from California to to Vegas or something, and they were going to live stream it for a charity as well. And they're like, "I'd love to use Crowd Control for it." So we're like, "Yeah, why not? Let's build out a pack for it." And so they had a Model X, and it worked just as well. Uh, so. <laughs> We've we've had a few streams with the Tesla support of crowd control. Um, I think we got the temperature in mind to 115 degrees Fahrenheit, Oof. which I felt fine. Cliffy, I think he lost a few pounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> any, it, it was really it was it was a sauna in there. Any uh, any shout outs from Elon about that yet? No, I was upset because <laughs> I'm like, come on, Elon, this is up your alley. Yeah, right. He's he's a trendy dude. Yeah. I, I've I've met Elon at um DefCon, yeah, uh, which is a hacker conference. Yeah, gone every year. Um, there was like a special secret meeting of certain, not like super secret, but like Tesla's doing like a small recruiting event, and a, a bunch of like maybe 30, 50 people got invited, and I was one of them. And it was an exciting time to be able to meet him and like say a few small words to him, but didn't get to be like, hey, I built crowd control because like <laughs> for your car, I let Twitch chat control my car. You know, <laughs> it's hard to get that out, right? <laughs> Nice to meet you. Built a weird thing for your cars. Should check yeah, it out. It's a, yeah, it's a huge liability. You should let everyone use it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, not, you should not, let everybody use it and uh, totally not blame us if something goes wrong. Right. Yes. Yes. All right. Real quick, Jacku. Um, Warp World Crowd Control. Do you have any plans to expand those to other platforms like you know, uh, YouTube, Facebook Gaming? You know those those huge yeah. giants and streaming yeah we we would love to um we actually were looking a little bit into the mixer apis um shortly before they went away and mixer was the only other service that had like the apis that we really needed to use for something like crowd control um mix their mixed play platform really had an ability to kind of have a similar feel for crowd control um i remember actually building the, the entire prototype for it and like going on mixer and having all the crowd control effects under my screen and like them triggering just as if you did it in crowd control. Um, it wasn't as nice because there were still a few caveats missing, but it did have full support for an extension like ours as well. Um, but unfortunately YouTube and Facebook don't have any of those APIs currently, um, you know, attempts to try to contact people in those services. Um, it's very similar to how I tried contacting Twitch support in 2015. Um, non-existent really right. um i <laughs> we're nobodies to facebook and youtube um because we don't have as many streamers like some streamers use our our service on there through like various means but 
even even some of the the partners that we know that have moved over to Facebook have a hard time convincing their um, partner managers to introduce us to people. Um, and the people we have talked to can't get us any further than we've gone. And so we are going to have to think outside the box of how we're going to support these platforms. Um, it's not going to be as in integrated as Twitch with uh, an extension right on top of the video player. Um, it will most likely have to be a, a link that you can put into the chat that links them off to a third-party site. And we have to create some sort of additional payment system that then has like a, a payout threshold to the streamer and a contract between us. Like, hey, any money that you receive after, you know, $50, we'll send you a check um, and here's your dashboard. And as much as we can do that, it is a lot of work. Um, and it's a lot of stuff that we need to make sure we do right. Because again, we don't want to get into a part where like we got this money and we can't pay out the streamers because they didn't fill something out right. Or, you know, there's just miscommunication there. So absolutely want to explore these spaces. Uh, we don't want to stick just to Twitch. Uh, Twitch is currently the best on the streaming platform side of things, but that might not always be the case. And luckily for us, crowd control and a lot of our services in general are built in such a way that don't rely on Twitch directly other than the authentication um, part, which is easily replaceable with another. How about full integration into games? Is that is that something that you have worked on in terms of just, you know, during development of a game, having crowd control just integrated directly into it? Yeah, we were fortunate enough in um, 2019 to release a update to uh, ToeJam and Earl uh, back in the groove. So I believe it was in March of 2018 that we were able to uh, uh, originally play ToeJam and Earl when it came out on, on Steam and and all those systems and myself and grand Pooh bear and x water we were playing this game and we're all like this would be great to have crowd control and so later that month was gdc we were able to go and meet with the developers of the game nice uh mineral and we, we we got to chatting and we're like we'd love to add this feature to your game blah 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 you know the like this sounds exciting let's do that so for for a few months after that we we kept talking and eventually um december of 2019 is when we we released it um, for for the game on a on Twitch only platform. Twitch uh, Prime had a game support for it, and it wasn't it was it was built in, but it wasn't a hundred percent built in. You still required the, the download of our desktop client. Um, since then, though, we've developed plugins for Unreal and Unity and C Sharp uh, generic plugin that works, and you just plug it into your game, and it works. And so at GlitchCon in twenty twenty that Twitch put on. We released a game called Dr. Doggo Enter the Glitch. Uh, Twitch actually named the game, uh, like Twitch Chat. Um, I, and that feel had like I, I feel up. like I heard about that. Yeah, it was it was a huge hit um, part of GlitchCon because it had we had um, it was part of the Let's Build a Game event that we worked alongside uh, Code HQ on. Okay. Um, and uh, you know the game had a bunch of choices that Chat was able to make, and things were getting changed in the game as they made the decisions. But one of the this this is something that we're looking to bring uh, to other games is one of the one of the features that was exclusive to GlitchCon was um, the Doctor Doggo uh, pregame, and this allowed the viewers to add enemies and power ups on the map before the player gets into the map. Oh, cool! Like a dungeon master. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so they they got to play dungeon master, and then the the player spawned into the game, and then the viewers were able to choose effects to happen to the player or the enemies, like make the enemies stronger, sure. make the player more powerful, make make everything on screen bigger. So more traditional crowd control. Um, so the pregame is only exclusive to that. 
So you only get the crowd control effects um, in the actual Dr. Dogger game right now. But it's something we're looking at doing for future games is like this this choice, this crowd choice. No, this this choice before <laughs> the uh, the game happens that you can make. Um, uh, and I think pregame is the current working title. Yeah, like a further involvement. That's cool. Yep. Again, Jacku, I'd like to thank you again for coming on the show here. Before we say goodbye, uh, do you want to let everybody who's listening know how can they get involved with crowd choice? How can they, or crowd control? Sorry. Oh no, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Market confusion. It's, it's, it's real. Uh, how, this, how can people. Exhibit A in the court case. <laughs> <laughs> how, how can, how can people get involved with crowd control? Uh, use some of these services. Uh, and where, where can they find you if they want to kind of keep track of the new And listen to your guys' podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all over the place, but the best way to get involved and, and learn about us is our Twitters. We have both uh, Twitter.com slash Warp World and Twitter.com slash Crowd Control, which was really fun getting from Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> we uh, so so checking out our Twitters is the best. Uh, you know, I'm at Twitter.com slash Jakku. And then, you know, our Discord is probably the best place to hang out. Discord.gg slash Warp World. Okay. We'll go check them out, guys. Uh, again, thank you for coming on the show. Um, anybody who's listening, definitely check them out. As someone who has used the services, they are very fun, very interesting, um, and add such a great dynamic to you know the chat interaction with the streamer that you just don't get um, normally. And um, a lot of great products you've made, Jacku. I uh, appreciate the hard work you and your team have put into a lot of these projects and I uh, hope to see more successes for you coming up here in the future yeah thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the player two podcast with sean and ian you can find us on twitch twitter and instagram at rng streams to keep up to date on new episodes support the show and submit ideas to discuss on future episodes music by aaron lennon voiceover by ian scott a special thanks to our guests and supporters that make this possible <laughs>